Hello, everyone. My name is Deepak Suri. I'm a product manager at AWS working on uh, IoT. Uh, along with me is my colleague, Saras Kaul, who will join me on stage later. Uh, and together, we'll talk about what's new with IoT analytics services. Uh, first of all, a huge thank you for all, all of you. Uh, I know it's the last session of the day, so thanks for coming. Uh, we'll try and get you all the information we have as quickly and efficiently as possible so that we can get you on your way. Uh, all right, so let's start with uh, the IoT architecture very quickly. Uh, we try to address three questions with our IoT architecture. Uh, first of all, how do I build devices uh, that can work with AWS and can also uh, work uh, operate at the edge? Uh, the second question we try to address is how can I connect these devices uh, to the cloud so that they can be controlled uh, and managed at scale? And finally, the third question we address is around how do I extract value from my IoT data? Uh, we have a category, a service category for each of these areas uh, or each of these questions. So with uh, device, service, device software, we address the how do I build devices that work with AWS, that question. Uh, second, for control, connectivity and control, we have a category of services, it's self-explanatory. And then third is the analytics services. And we have a set of four services there. And that's where we'll focus today. So there is uh, IoT SiteWise and Analyt, IoT Analytics. Uh, those are our two foundational services for extracting value out of data. And then we also have uh, IoT Events, which is a service that uh, helps build condition monitoring applications. And then ThingsGraph, which is a way to build IoT applications uh, quickly and visually. Uh, so we'll walk through that. Uh, further uh, as we get uh, into the session. But I want to start with uh, just a session map for how to uh, think about the content. Uh, first of all, why IIT Analytics Services? Uh, what are the challenges that we're trying to address uh, when it comes to analytics? Uh, who needs these services? Who are the types of person what's the type of persona that we engage with? And what capabilities are uh, our customers telling us they need as they look at these services? Uh, so We'll set the stage with that over, over a few minutes, and then we'll jump to how do we address these uh, requirements and capabilities through our services and what's new uh, with them. So let's just start very quickly. Uh, with com the companies across industry verticals uh, who want to, of course, operate their businesses much more efficiently, their organizations much more efficiently. And usually the questions that come up are how do I reduce my costs? Uh, how do I reduce the raw materials that are used in, let's say, my factory? Uh, how do I uh, get my uh, devices operating better uh, once they're delivered to my customers so that then I can improve the customer experience uh, once these devices are on site or are connected from uh, a home, let's say? Uh, or use this information to then uh, build the next generation of products in a much better way. Doing this at scale, our customers tell us, is hugely challenging. So you can look at a single machine and understand its efficiency, track its efficiency even on paper, but then as you scale this out and look at more and more machines or lines or factories or even an entire supply chain, the amount of data that needs to be analyzed uh, and reviewed and then uh, used to take actions on keeps growing. So 
uh, that's the challenge that we then want to address. And not only, uh, and, and as the scale of data increases, our customers also tell us that they want to look at patterns within the data and then enable automated insights or actions as well. The personas who uh, we engage with in solving these problems are, first of all, uh, line of business developers who uh, need services that they can use to build their own applications. For example, if it is somebody, uh, if it's a developer building a fleet tracking application within a logistics firm, or it's a process uh, engineer who, or a developer building a, an application for process engineer uh, who needs an efficiency tracking application. That's the type of persona we serve uh, with, uh, amongst developers. Uh, and speaking of process engineers, uh, they need visual tools usually to look at their uh, equipment data and derive some insights from them. And then there are uh, data analysts who uh, would look at data in an aggregate form, maybe across uh, even months or years, to understand patterns within their uh, uh, company's IoT data or equipment data, and then derive some insights that then translate to solving uh, business challenges. Uh, so we talked about challenges. We talked about the type of people who work on these challenges, and then uh, what's different about uh, or what's needed in terms of capabilities within these services. Uh, first of all, uh, I think with IoT, uh, folks recognize that the volume of data and the rate of data coming in is extremely high. Uh, there are customers who tell us that uh, a fleet of turbines can be generating a billion data points every day that need to be analyzed and, and, and reviewed and taken action on. Uh, the data can be both hot or cold. So uh, first of all, you can get hot data where you want to uh, understand what's going on. And uh, within seconds, or sometimes tens of seconds, sometimes within seconds, be able to take some action. Uh, or it might be cold data, where it goes to a cold storage and, and you're looking at, uh, again, if it's an analytics, uh, if it's uh, a data analyst looking at it, maybe they're okay putting the data in cold store and looking at it over a long period. Uh, the context of machines is important. So uh, if you have, let's say, a fleet of turbines again, and uh, depending on the manufacturer of the turbine and where it's located, the type of environmental setup, the type of maintenance history it has, the data is going to change. Like the data, the meaning of the data is going to change. So that means the con attaching context of where the data is coming from is very important as part of an IoT analytics service. Uh, and as we collect more and more data, we are of course working with machines that also have been maybe built and installed and updated over many, many years, sometimes decades. And that means these machines are probably talking a range of different network protocols. The networks evolved with the machines or both together, yes. And uh, that means we then have to have uh, solutions for how can we uh, enable uh, the analytic services to then work with these different protocols, uh, whether it's OPCUA in an industrial setting or MQTT with newer industrial applications. So there's an expectation to be able to work with these many protocols. And then uh, going back a little bit to the machine context, uh, sometimes you know what the data is going to mean. For example, if you, uh, you can model, let's say, an equipment line or a factory because it's a static setup. So you can already 
set, model that, set, up, set that up as a virtual model, and then link the data to it. But sometimes you don't really know what you're looking for until you start getting the data. Let's say if you just launched a new product, uh, you sold a, a number of them, and they're installed at, uh, uh, in customer homes. And after you uh, start to see what kind of, part, what kind of usage patterns are uh, being applied, then you can apply schema to the data and try to understand, uh, get more insights. So having the ability to apply schemas or models before and after the fact are important. So it's not just data, it's also the metrics that you can compute on top. So uh, you need, uh, our customers tell us that they need, of course, the capability to uh, do some simple mathematics or statistical uh, uh, calculations on top of data coming in. Could be averages or means, but uh, could also be uh, something like a, a Fourier analysis on, let's say, uh, of data coming from a vibration sensor that is important to an engineer. Uh, so a range of calculations may need to be done on the measurements coming in uh, from equipment. Uh, and then you get into, okay, so you have data, you have calculated metrics, and then you need a way to observe the data. Uh, and usually this means having a visual way to observe the data, not looking at, uh, it's not just log diving or looking at a lot of text, it's actually having something where you can look at uh, charts or, or, or multiple visuals together to understand what's going on. And the reason you do this is, of course, you want to either root cause issues uh, or just understand like how you can tweak your uh, equipment parameters better. And of course, you can't look at the data all the time, uh, so it's not a 24-7 uh, requirement that you'd be uh, sitting in front of a monitor to understand what's going on. You need alarms as well to, uh, that would fire uh, and uh, help you understand when manual intervention is needed. And uh, end with the list of capabilities where the edge is an important consideration as well. Uh, and uh, for many uh, of the IoT applications, of course, there is also a requirement that, uh, or many times there's a requirement that the application works on the edge uh, because there is a low latency requirement for the application to operate, or there is a a compliance requirement where the data needs to stay on the uh, on-premises, uh, or simply the amount of data being generated, it's not feasible to send it over a network connection, in which case you want to process as much of it locally uh, as possible before sending it over the wire to the cloud. So those are the uh, questions that we think about that, and we want to address with our IoT analytics services. And over time, you'd see more and more capabilities that we add to address those questions. And, but what do we have today, and how do we address these requirements, and what's new uh, is, is what we'll cover today. And we'll start with IoT SiteWise. Uh, for that, Saras will uh, join me on stage to walk you through. Thank you, Deepak, and thank you all for being here. As Deepak said, we really appreciate you being here for the last session of the day, especially when you have so many recreational possibilities out there. So we re really appreciate your time. My name is Saras Kaul, and I am the product manager for IoT SiteWise. We recently, uh, as of Sunday night, announced a major up, uh, update to the service. So I'm really excited to share those details with you today. Okay, so let's start with what are customers looking for in this space. Uh, to start off, 
a lot of our customers are now focusing on how do we make things smartly. For example, if we think about um, an automotive customer, what they're trying to do is build a connected factory or build a smart factory so they can digitize their production in order to uh, drive higher efficiencies and to drive standardization for best practices across geographies. Another example is for a customer in the food and agriculture industry, and what they're trying to do is reduce wastage for, for their food processing sites, so they're able to reduce wastage and make sure that um, their processes are as efficient as possible. And the way they want to do this is by quickly identifying if there is equipment in their processing sites that has broken down or if it's operating inefficiently. They want to know these things quickly so then they can go remedy and rectify the situation and get back to an efficient production. So we'll focus in this part of the session on how does IoT SiteWise help these customers tackle these core challenges? Before I get into the nitty gritty of the service, I wanna give you a high level overview of how this service actually works. So with SiteWise, there are five key steps. First, you wanna start with collecting data at the edge from your factories and your equipment and uploading that to AWS Cloud. Then in the cloud, you want to create virtual representations of these factories and of these equipments. So the data that you're collecting at the edge and uploading is then attached to its corresponding virtual representation in the cloud. Next, you want to store that data in a managed, time-optimized data store. And then you want to start monitoring this equipment data or this asset data, and you want to do that quickly and you want to do that in real time for both live data and for your historical data. And then finally, you want to be able to use this data that you've collected on the edge and then in the cloud you've attached all this machine context and equipment context to build your virtual assets. Now you want to use this data to be utilized in your custom applications which you could have for various use cases. For example, if you're doing condition monitoring for your assets, you want to have this contextual IoT data uh, being consumed as part of that custom applications. Or if you're doing predictive maintenance for your factories as well, you want to have that data flowing into your custom apps. Now let's get into some of the details here. Um, we'll start with data ingestion. Um, there are three ways for you to ingest data into IoT SiteWise. The first one that I'm going to talk about is a, a recent uh, enhancement that we've included. Uh, we heard from our preview customers that they needed a way to uh, ingest MQTT protocol data to IoT SiteWise. They told us that we already have devices uh, connected to AWS IoT Core. We're already sending MQTT data, but I want to send this data to SiteWise to get more insights out of my uh, device data. So we added support for uh, MQTT protocol recently. Um, next, we have the uh, existing capability of reading OPC UA data and sending that to SiteWise. How that works is you deploy a software gateway as, as a connector on an edge device, uh, an edge device that is running IoT Greengrass. Um, this gateway software pulls your historian uh, at the edge or your OPC UA server at the edge and grabs all of those OPC UA tags and uploads them to SiteWise. An enhancement that we introduced in this area is now you are able to connect 
up to 100 um, aggregators or OPC UI servers to a single gateway and send thousands of data points per second to Sitewise. And then the third um, path of data ingestion is through the AWS SDK. Uh, we added support for sending data directly to Sitewise using the PUT API. Uh, what that means is you can have um, any application call our put API and send data directly to Sitewise, and this can include uh, data if you have any proprietary or custom protocols um, that you're using, or if you want to connect data from your enterprise applications and have that sent to Sitewise. That is supported as well. Next, you want to create the virtual representation of your factories or your equipment. What that means is you want to create a, um, an asset, a virtual asset that mirrors how your physical asset actually behaves. And the way you do that is by defining properties. Now, properties um, in Sitewise can be of four types. In this example, I'm talking about a press machine, and we define an attribute property, which is more or less a static attribute for an asset. Uh, you can use that to define the make, model, location of an asset, stuff typically that doesn't change often. Next, you want to define a, a measurement property, which is the actual raw data coming in from your sensors or your equipment. In this case, um, the equipment, this press machine is sending uh, the widget output as a measurement, and we're storing that in the measurement property in the asset. Next, you wanna, uh, we have the transform uh, property type, which is uh, basically taking in these measurements and transforming them to look slightly different. For example, if you have uh, a sensor sending in temperature data in Celsius, and you wanna have all data coming, all temperature data coming in to be stored as Fahrenheit as well, you can specify that as part of a transform property, and we will compute uh, the Fahrenheit value for that Celsius value for each data point and then store that back as time series as well. And then finally, um, you want to be able to compute more complex metrics uh, on top of your device data or your equipment data, and you want to use a built-in library of operators and functions and then you know, have uh, a formula that you define using a, a mix of your measurements and transforms to compute these more complex metrics. So those are the four um, property types that you can define that, that uh, define the shape of your assets. Next, we recently added uh, the capability to add model hierarchies. So that means you are now able to model complex uh, relationships that exist in a factory and the assets and equipment within a factory. For example, um, let's say we have a model called a site. So say it's a factory, uh, we model that using um, an asset model in Sitewise. Now a factory itself or a site itself is made up of different assembly lines. Say one of those assembly lines is a metal press line. Now we attach the metal press line as a child of the site model. Again, with the metal press line, you can have various um, metal presses, uh, so the press machines, uh, that actually make up that assembly line or that metal press line. So then we go ahead and attach 
the press machine as the child of a metal press line. So you can see in this way you are able to define more complex relationships between your equipment in a factory. And the ability to add hierarchy also allows you to roll up your metrics. So for example, uh, you can be calculating the efficiency across a site using the metrics that are generated at an individual asset level or an individual machine level. Now, um, once you defined your asset models, uh, asset models help you drive standardization across your fleets. What that means is you define a generic model for an asset type, and any changes that you made to the asset, so for example, if you change the formula that you use to calculate a metric, that change is then propagated down to each of the instances of assets created from that model. So it helps with easy management when you have large-scale deployments. So once you have those models built, uh, you have all your properties defined, you've defined hierarchies between your assets, you can now create individual instances of your assets. So for this example, uh, we started with a site model. From the site model, I created an actual site, uh, which is in Portland, so it's a Portland press shop. Uh, from the metal press line model, I created um, line one, which is an asset, which is an assembly line, which is actually present in the Portland press shop. And within line one, I created two assets, uh, press A and press B, and those were instances of the, the press model that we created earlier. So you can see that this Portland press shop is now completely modeled, and it has, uh, it has inherited all its properties from the in, uh, respective models, and it's inherited the hierarchies as well. Now that you have all of this modeled, your Portland press shop is ready to go. Now you want to actually start linking your measurements to this asset model. What that means is, from press A and press B, which is together making up line one, you are sending your uh, widget output measurement to an OPC UA server in the Portland press shop. The, the OPC UA server is connected to a site-wise gateway, again, which is deployed on any edge device that's running IoT Greengrass, and it's polling the OPC UA server for the widget output measurement and uploading that to site-wise. You'll notice that the widget output for line was for press A goes into the asset for press A. Similarly, for the widget output for press B, it goes into the asset for press B. So now you've linked your measurements from your actual physical equipment to their virtual representations in the cloud. Now, now you have all of this data coming into Sidewise, and you've attached all of this machine context to them. Now you want to store this data, and you want to store it in a scalable, time-optimized data store. Sidewise has a purpose-built uh, time series data store uh, that we manage for you. That means there is no need for you to uh, provision any, any capacity or plan for any capa storage capacity up front. We scale up and down as needed, depending on how your traffic is. And then we also uh, compute common uh, aggregates, such as statistical aggregates, such as average, min, max count, for uh, a set predefined intervals for all data points coming in. And this, this operates on measurements. It also operates on transforms and uh, your metrics. So you have pre-computed aggregates for all of your data also stored as time series within Sitewise. Now, this allows the time series data store to be 
highly performant and provides low latency access to your data when you're trying to get data out of Sidewise. Talking about getting data out of Sidewise, there are two ways for you to be able to do that. The first one that I want to talk about is um, this came up because a lot of our customers were telling us that we want to use this data that we have in Sidewise and all the model, all the machine context that we, we've attached to it, we want to use it in our custom apps in a streaming fashion. So for that, we introduced a publish-subscribe interface uh, to Sitewise that streams data uh, and any updates coming into a property to an MQTT topic. Now, you can be extremely prescriptive and granular about what data gets streamed out, and you can enable or disable notifications at an individual property level. Now, when you enable notifications for a property, every update coming into that property is streamed out and pushed into this MQTT topic, and then you can use AWS IoT Core to subscribe to that topic, get that data, and then route it to uh, any of the other services in AWS or your, wherever you've built your custom applications, as long as you're able to subscribe to the MQTT topic. And then another way for you to be able to um, retrieve data out of Sitewise is to use our set of uh, query APIs. So we have a, a set of query APIs that allows you to not only query for your uh, latest value of the measurements, it allows you to also query for historical data for a, for a time window that you define, and it lets you also query for aggregated values that we have stored for you on top of your measurements, your transforms, and metrics. And finally, uh, we introduced IoT Sitewise Monitor uh, as part of the Sunday's update as well. Uh, what is IoT Sitewise Monitor? Well, it is a managed web application that allows you to quickly get started and start visualizing all of this data uh, that you have coming into Sitewise. You just log into the web application and it supports your, um, your enterprise identity and your, the users in your company, they don't need to have an AWS account. All they have to do is go to the URL for the web application and sign in with their corp corporate credentials, and they can quickly get started to start visualizing uh, the data, their equipment data and asset data, and start driving insights from this. Now, once you log into the application, you can easily discover your assets. Uh, you can look at your asset library and visualize live and historical data and drill in and out uh, from a time perspective to see uh, more detailed uh, data around your equipment and assets. And these, these dashboards can be quickly shared, uh, quickly created and shared with users in your organization. Um, you can, this is a dashboard being created. You can drill in and out from just a drag uh, motion and then you can look at your asset library as well. And finally, um, I want to update you on our updated pricing that we recently announced as well. Uh, we had a lot of feedback from our customers, and to address that feedback, we wanted to simplify how we price for this service. So what that means is, instead of charging for data ingest in terms of how much data is coming in or how much data is being processed in terms of kilobytes or gigabytes, we now charge per message. A message is used to transport data in and out of the service. So now you can easily estimate um, your messaging charges by just looking at how many messages are being sent in and out of the service. Similarly, for data processing, 
uh, instead of having customers to look through um, how much data is being processed as part of these computations, which, was, which could be challenging, we've simplified that to uh, be a charge per number of computations uh, that you have configured. For Sitewise Monitor, we have a charge per unique user per month. Storage charges remain unchanged. And currently, while in preview, there are no charges to use Sitewise. I want to give you a quick uh, example of how our, one of our customers uh, has, has been able to use Sitewise to solve some of their uh, challenges. I want to talk about Bear Crop Sciences. Uh, we worked very closely with them during the preview, um, and what they told us was that they were looking to reduce the wastage in their crop processing plants by being able to identify wasteful equipment and product quality issues. So they used uh, IoT Sitewise to build an OEE, or an overall equipment efficiency application that was not only tracking the efficiency of the individual stages in food processing, but also at a site level. And using this application, they were able to monitor and report on their OEE uh, across sites for nine North American sites for this year's harvest season. So that was really exciting. Okay, so now, instead of doing a demo, I wanna, I wanna quickly show you how you can launch your own demo and see what value you can drive out of Sitewise. So what you're looking at over here is the landing page for um, the console for Sitewise. Um, in the console, you can see on, on the right side, you have a create demo button. This is an easy button for you to click and get started. What it does is it builds a wind farm example for you, which has a, a set of four wind turbines as part of that wind farm. And we have some dummy data being pushed into these um, assets, so you can start really, really um, learning how Sidewise works, how do you uh, think about metrics and transforms, and how can you quickly start visualizing this data. So let's go ahead and click uh, Create Demo. Well, I already have a demo built, so let's go to that one then. <laughs> okay, so um, once, you, once your demo is done building, we can go into the View Assets section to see what, has, uh, what this demo actually contains. So as I mentioned, this is a wind farm asset. The wind farm contains uh, four wind turbines. What you're looking at right now is the asset detail page. It provides you all the details for this asset. Now remember, these details for an asset are coming in from the asset models created. So they are basically instances of the model. For this, for this one, it's the, the turbine asset four. So you can see that there are a, a, a number of attributes defined. If you scroll down, you can see the measurements that are coming in. For example, you have the wind speed and the torque uh, coming in from the sensors, or in this case, dummy data, but in the real world, it would be sensors. Uh, and then you have transform defined, that is transforming these uh, measurements into uh, a different kind or changing the, the units, for example. And then finally, you have metrics uh, defined that is basically calculating the average wind speed and the average power for each of these turbines. Now, if you go to the parent, uh, parent asset, in this case, the wind farm, you see that you can use the metrics defined in your child asset, so in this case, the wind turbine, 
to calculate the total power output for the wind farm. It just reads from its child's metrics and aggregates over a period of time that you specify, and it calculates this metric continuously. Um, as you can see, we've attached the, the hierarchies down below here. So there are this, this particular wind farm has four assets that are its children, which is the uh, turbine asset one through four. And then now that we have all of this set up, our wind farm is functioning, we want to start visualizing what does this data really look like. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump to monitor uh, and then view our portals. Uh, we've created a portal already. That's the URL for the portal. We'll go ahead and click on that. It's going to ask you to sign in. So again, this is a built-in user uh, using AWS SSO. Uh, this is a quick way for you to get started and try out uh, the monitor capability, or you can go in and attach your uh, enterprise identity as well for uh, authentication that you already have established in your companies. OK, so going into the application, <clears throat> excuse me, we see that uh, the plant manager has created a project, and he's called it Plant Manager because it's his project. So let's go into that one. And we see that what of in, within that project, the plant manager wanted to start monitoring uh, the aggregates. So he's created a dashboard to monitor just that. Uh, you go into the dashboard. Over here, you can see that the, the dashboard shows the average power of the farm. It shows the overdrive state time. It also shows the individual average power for each of the, um, of the, the turbines. Now, the, the plant manager wants to go back in time, and he wants to visualize the data over the past day. So he can just pick the last day. And you can see now he has a lot more data to consume and a lot more data to analyze. Uh, if he wanted to go in and zoom in into a particular time period, he could just do a drag motion to see more details and drill into uh, the data points coming in as the, or being computed as the farm average power to see uh, what, are, what are the variabilities and basically be able to keep a close eye on how his wind farm is performing. Okay, so that brings us uh, to the end of an overview of IoT SiteWise. And I hope you found all of the things that we recently launched and what's new with SiteWise really exciting. I, I would really urge you all to go create your own demo, uh, see how quickly it is to get started, and see what you can, you can achieve with IoT SiteWise. Thank you. I'll hand it over to Deepak to cover the rest of the services. Thank you, Saras. Uh, as Saras mentioned, you can get started with a quick demo, and what we showed on uh, the screen today, you can actually launch that with a single click, and you'll have enough data to look at with the portal. Uh, so uh, SiteWise is one of the foundational services that we have around analyzing data, uh, IoT data. And uh, the other one that we have that uh, we launched a couple of years ago is AWS IoT Analytics. Uh, with IoT analytics, the focus is looking is on more aggregate data, uh, where schemas are applied after the fact. And uh, here, the types of customers we see using IoT analytics are usually ones who have large fleets of devices or connected products out there uh, that they want to analyze uh, data on. The 
working model with IoT analytics is similar to SiteWise, I would say. Uh, it, there's still a focus on helping collect data. Uh, and uh, once you collect the data, and, and you can collect data from different sources, they can come from IoT Core or through Kinesis, or you can use a put API using the AWS SDK as well. Uh, once you collect the data, you ingest it, and uh, it's, it's processed, and the processing is done through a pipeline that is available through Lambda. So we provide a Lambda-based pipeline where you can attach some context to the data or do some transformations. Uh, you can even point to uh, data and say IoT core, if you have some shadow data, you can pull that in while the data is being processed. And the data then comes to a rest in Amazon S3. Uh, so uh, the, you put the, da put the data in, uh, or we put the data for you in a time-optimized way in uh, Amazon S3. And once it's there, we have built-in capabilities based on uh, Athena and SageMaker to then uh, analyze the data. Uh, we use Athena to help you run SQL queries in a scheduled way, uh, and then also uh, uh, you're able to, uh, you can also launch Jupyter Notebooks to then get, uh, get the data from, uh, uh, generated through the SQL queries and then analyze them for further uh, or run your own application on top of the data. Uh, I'll actually cover what's new with IoT Analytics, and I'll start with uh, the single step uh, process that we now have for setting up an IoT, uh, IoT analytics pipeline. Uh, so our, uh, many developers, when they start off, they connect the devices to, the, uh, to IoT core, and then the first thing they want to see is, okay, like, am I getting data through? Am I seeing messages come through? Uh, and IoT analytics is an easy way to start looking at that. So with a single click, you can now launch a pipeline that you can use uh, with, uh, with data coming in through IoT core. Uh, and once you have data coming in, you also want to see whether there are messages coming through. So we have charts available within the AWS console. So if you're a developer and you want to look at data coming through, you can look at that. Uh, and then, of course, once data comes to rest, you want to start experimenting with queries to understand what is the content of the data and what, what is the content of the messages coming in and uh, what, what sort of insights you can derive. Uh, and usually that means running a few queries to understand uh, uh, the form of the data or shape of the data and, and then get to your insights. Uh, so that you can do through the console today. Uh, and then when the data is at rest, one of the questions we got was uh, initially all the data in uh, IoT analytics was uh, in an S3 bucket, but it was served as part of the service. Uh, we uh, had an ask from customers to put this data in an S3 bucket that is owned by the customer themselves uh, so that they could integrate it with their uh, data lake or, uh, or also, of course, meet uh, compliance requirements where they needed to monitor usage of, of, of uh, the S3 bucket that they put the data in and uh, finally also use the data with uh, downstream applications in a more flexible way. So for that, we launched a customer-owned Amazon S3 bucket support uh, it's not just the raw data that you can store in your own bucket, it's also the data sets that you create as you run queries on top of data you import. Uh, running the queries uh, is, is possible through a scheduled mechanism with IoT Analytics. Uh, we used to support up to five-minute granularity for uh, scheduled queries, uh, and we made a change to uh, increase that frequency to support up to one-minute granularity queries. 
Uh, this, of course, matters if you have a large volume of data coming in and you really want to run the analysis on a minute-by-minute -minute basis instead of waiting five minutes. Now, how, how all this comes together is uh, uh, this pipeline that you see, I wish I had a pointer here, I don't, but if uh, this pipeline can be set up automatically, the channel pipeline and data store all together can be set up through a single step. Uh, the data store that you see on the screen is something that is your own Amazon S3 bucket that you use. Uh, the data sets that you create as through uh, uh, setting up queries uh, is also something that now you can create at up to a one minute granularity. So those are the updates that we have made to IoT analytics. Along with SiteWise, which focuses on industrial data and helping customers uh, make products smartly, and then IoT analytics, where we help customers operate products smartly, uh, we have a couple of uh, other primitives that we believe are helpful to customers that we have built. Uh, IoT events is one of them. Uh, the way to think about uh, IoT events is it's a condition, it helps you build condition monitoring applications, and it does this in a fully managed way. So you can set up a state machine in the cloud, IoT events host that for you, it can process uh, messages coming in from a device and then take actions on it in terms of uh, setting up alerts that or actions that can drive other AWS services uh, or IoT events itself. Uh, so the flow then is uh, you ingest uh, messages into IoT events. Uh, they are uh, then processed by uh, models or detector models that you create. Uh, you just create a detector model, and then as you get more and more messages flowing in with, based on where the messages are coming in with, let's say, a device ID, instances of a detector model are created automatically for you. And each of these detector models is then going to process that information or process the message. And this is, of course, business logic that you would put in. And then take some action. So uh, I'll walk you through a little bit on the console later on. But you can, you'll be able to see that it's a simple detector model that then is able to process messages and, and then trigger some actions. Uh, Keeping with the flow from the IoT analytics, what we added with IoT events is support for Lambda as a target uh, recently. So that means from within IoT events, a detector model or an instance of a detector model can uh, launch a Lambda uh, uh, function uh, automatic, uh, directly. Uh, there's also support for events itself as a target for uh, IoT events itself as a target for a detector model. Uh, the reason why this is important is it's usually not a single detector model. It's a bunch of different logic chained together. So if you want to uh, uh, do condition monitoring not at just a single sensor level, but uh, based on aggregate information that you're getting from multiple sensors, then this is uh, a way to do that because you can chain together multiple uh, detector models. Uh, you can send data out from IoT events to Kinesis Firehose and simple uh, queuing service. So this is just uh, helping, uh, uh, this is just us being uh, more and more flexible so that you can use events with more, uh, more targets. Uh, and of course, uh, it's expected that you'd be able to uh, scale this out or deploy them easily. So there's CloudFormation support. Uh, and you can also export or import models uh, across accounts, and then finally we added more region support uh, with uh, events as well. Uh, so that's what's new with IoT events. 
since the service is relatively new, I just want to walk through an example similar, uh, similar to what we did with Sitewise. So this is the IoT events console. And when you land there, you'll see that you can create a detector model. So when you create a detector model, you can actually launch one with just, uh, uh, launch one just as a demonstration. So I'll do that now. Uh, what this will launch is, uh, is a health monitoring application for a battery. So it will uh, show a, my credentials expired, so let me just do that. Okay, so I go back into IoT events. Okay, so when I create a detector model, I can launch a demonstration, and what this is going to do is create a hello world application for me. Uh, so what you're seeing here is a, a model of a, a battery where I can go from uh, discharging to, to charging to charge state. And what you see here are the actions. So when do I transition states between, let's say, discharging and charging? And that is based on uh, the, the voltage reading that's emitted by the uh, by the battery. So it's not only can you set up this, uh, this model uh, in this way, but if, when you publish it, so I'm just gonna publish this uh, model. You can also go and test it to see what it looks like. Uh, so go in here, and since this is the demonstration, you can send sample messages into the detector uh, instance and see what what state it is in. So I'll send data. So it's so you can see there's no instance created yet. So once I send some data, it'll create an instance for me. So what you saw there was I created a model and once I sent the first message with some with some device ID, I got the first instance of a detector that was created for me. And it's in a charging state. Sorry if the font is a little small. Okay, so it should be better. Uh, so it's in charging state. I can then go back and uh, send data for charged. So this is just a sample JSON message that gets sent. And you'll see that it then flipped to a charged state. So just a simple way to try out IoT events and, how, and uh, think of ways you can use this uh, as a primitive for a condition monitoring application. With that, let me go back and conclude the session by talking about uh, IoT Things Graph. Things Graph is a service that we built uh, to help developers create app IoT applications quickly and visually. Uh, often, developers have to deal with lots of different device models uh, or, or device types when building an application. So with ThingsCraft, you can actually create a model of a device that you're going to use and define upfront what the interfaces for the device are gonna be, what is the logic within the device. 
and then use that within an application. You can also create a workflow so you can connect many instances of these device models uh, together to create a workflow. So a sample application that I like talking about is, let's say there is a badge reader that a person scans and then based on that enters the room and then a light uh, bulb turns on. Uh, so what you could do with ThingsGraph is have a model for the badge reader, have a model for, let's say, the light bulb, and uh, have a workflow that you've built visually uh, that executes in the cloud or on the edge uh, that then takes the input, which is a badge was scanned, and there's an entry, and then based on that, send a command to the light bulb, the virtual light bulb, and that then turns it on. So that type of workflow is uh, easy to create with things graph because so that workflow is run for you. Uh, it's all based on models that are being pre-created -pre uh, either by you or by someone else in your company. And you can build these visually without actually starting with, without any code or, or low code, I would say. Uh, and the visual aspect is actually available through the AWS console. So uh, you can, uh, when you go into the ThingsGraph console, you'll have a way to look at the different models available. Uh, and these models map to both devices and even web services. And you can chain these together. And, uh, and chaining these together is, is uh, interesting because then you can create multiple workflow forks. So, uh, 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 badge is scanned, a light bulb is turned on, so that maybe that is one workflow, but maybe there is another workflow to, to raise the blinds or another workflow to, uh, to set uh, the temperature in the room in a certain way. And all those workflows can be, uh, can be forked off of a single action. So you can create those visually in ThingsGraph uh, and then start to uh, uh, edit them. So that's, that we think is a power for uh, developers in terms of helping build these IoT applications in a much more uh, faster way. Uh, and I did mention Edge upfront as one of the key capabilities that customers ask for with IoT analytics services. Uh, with SiteWise, you saw Edge data coming in through a gateway. With ThingsGraph, we have this whole application actually able to run, being able to run on the Edge itself. So you can code up or use ThingsGraph as a workflow in the cloud where all the uh, orchestration and execution happens uh, on AWS uh, in a fully managed way. We do that for you. Or you can push these workflows down to run on a Greengrass device as well so that they run locally if there is a, a requirement uh, around latency or, or, uh, or compliance or uh, data processing. So we talked about site-wise analytics. Those are, our, again, foundational services for extracting value out of IoT data. Uh, we called out things that are new uh, uh, within these services. Uh, events and things graph are our other primitives that help extract more value out of IoT data. Uh, so I'm going to uh, leave you with uh, these uh, uh, these activities you can pursue to continue the learning around AWS IoT uh, through AWS.training. And this was a fairly high-level overview of all that's possible with IoT analytics services. We have uh, a large set of sessions that you could attend or watch online. 
uh, that go deeper into each of these services and also tackle horizontal use cases, uh, I do encourage you to look at these as well. With that, thank you. Uh, I do appreciate, and uh, Saras and I thank you for staying uh, for the uh, last session of the day. Uh, and we're here to take questions. <laughs>